official podcast coverage of OzCert's 2012 conference is brought to you by Arbor Networks. Smart. Available. Secure. Datacom TSS. Discreet. Niche. Tailored. And Sophos. Secured. Hey everyone and welcome to this special sponsor podcast uh, coming to you from OSCERT's 2012 conference on the Gold Coast. I am Patrick Gray. Our three sponsors have all chipped in so that we can bring you this coverage and, you know, get everyone paid and, and, and working on it. So we're publishing two sponsor podcasts from each of our wonderful benefactors uh, throughout the duration of the conference. In this podcast, we're chatting with Arbor Network's founder and CTO, Rob Milan. Now, if you're lucky enough to have met Rob, you would know that not only has he built a crazily successful business, but he's one of the most technologically savvy people you'll ever meet uh, working at a high level in in, in a vendor. Um, He lives and breathes the technology of his business and uh, you know he just knows an awful lot about it it's genuinely impressive uh, to meet an executive who's you know at such a high level and is still so sort of hands-on with the technology now lately he's been focusing on what he sees as a future problem area which is DDoS attacks against mobile 3G you know 4G LTE networks and as you'll hear Rob says the average mobile network is uh, basically a disaster uh, and there's going to be plenty of opportunities for miscreants to wreak havoc uh, on those types of networks. Here he is. It's back to the future, right? You've got a set of uh, a set of protocols that were designed by a multinational uh, committee of, of telco folks, ITU, right? That built built protocols that got deployed were for basically connection-based services, voice, right? And uh, you know you've kind of shoehorned in this this overlaid IP you know ish you know datagram protocol on, on top of it, which is supposed to be connectionless and stateless, but but of course it's built on top of a bunch of connection-based protocol stuff. And so you gotta you know there's a whole slew of issues with that. Then you've got just you know the second major pile of issues comes from the the fact that they got built in a in a way that they're very isolated, very kind of walled walled gardenish, uh, you know, separate access, separate kind of control network. So you have a, a kind of a culture that comes out of the, the the mobile networking industry that's very nothing can happen in my network. It's all separate. We manage everything. We know everything is happening. We count for every bit. Um, there's no security problem here, sir. Kind of thing. And to <laughs> You know, with the uh, Back to the Future comment, you know, all of a sudden you've got uh, mobile access, mobile data access exploding exponentially, you know, from a capacity and, and, and bandwidth perspective. And you have people building out networks that are doubling every year, if not faster, and uh, from a capacity perspective. And some, in some places, even from a user perspective, the growth mm-hmm. still astronomical in some, some places of the world is the handset side. And... All the focus is on capacity. None of the focus is on what might break from a security perspective, or even if there are security issues with it. So you kind of got, again, this giant fast build-out as fast as you can with very little thought to, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to securing the, uh, the, the whole thing, right? Or even if we understand that there may be a need to secure anything there. So mm. I think that that sort of is the, you know, you know, two, you know two, for me, the two main places that stuff springs from. One is the... You know, just the, uh, the 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 you know, kind of the connection meets connectionless protocol uh, space, and then you know, the, the other one is the, the sort of the you know, the closed to open network uh, you know transformation that's happening on the data side. 
It is interesting too that when we reflect that the iPhone, I mean, you know, we can really attribute the growth in uh, capacity uh, coming down to the popularity of smartphones. And, you know, while smartphones have been around for, you know, quite a while, uh, really, it was really the iPhone and then subsequently Android devices that have caused this boom. They've only been around for five years. It's easy to forget that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's pretty crazy, right? So, I mean, you know, there, there's, you know, there are other places too, right, where you've got things like, um, you know, I was just talking to you know, a customer in, in Korea, right? They've got, you know, they're, they're rolling out LTE rapidly. They've got um, very, very high speed, um, you know, a couple, couple million, you know, you know, 20 meg, you know, per second uh, high speed dongle users out there, right? So, which is, and it's growing, you know, much, much faster than doubling <laughs> every year, right? And it's, you know, you know, so you've got you know pretty much a replacement for fixed line broadband access as well, right? So it's not just smartphones. You've got your whole house, your whole you know your laptop, anything else, your TV. Yeah, you know, it's going to be wireless as well. So it's a, uh, it's it's quite uh, you know, it's quite recent and uh, quite dramatic. So if there are some pretty awful network security issues uh, in uh, at play here, why is it that we haven't heard more about them? Uh, I would net it out to two things again. One is sort of the the, the early stage stage around exploits and the vulnerability surfaces there. Um, you know, there. There are folks that are doing this kind of stuff. I mean, as an example, again, this, I know I'm jumping around here, but just on the on the RAND side, right, you've got folks, you know, I was talking to a customer in, in, in Russia, they've basically put rogue base stations outside, of, you know, the subway stations everywhere there, so everything can pop out of the, out of the underground. You know, you're, you know, they try and hook your phone and and and, and sort of you know, man in the middle of the connections, right? So you've got you've got exploits like that that are happening on a on a you know fairly regular basis, but you don't have like you know, no one's pointing at wide scale outages due to security issues at this point. And I, I would attribute that to sort of the second thing, which is a lot of times because of the fact that these grew out of out of sort of you know connection based operations teams that didn't have any security DNA in them whatsoever. They don't have any idea what they're looking at when they get an outage, whether it's security-related or capacity-related or, or just accidental or whatever, right? So I think that there are – I've been, been going around the, the, the planet talking to mobile carriers for about two or three years now about, you know, kind of what their problems are and what they're, what they're seeing. And when, you know, there's, there's definitely a set of, of, of folks out there that are, that are you know, much more security-focused. You know, it's not a large set at this point, but there's a definite set of people out there that are worried about it. And those are places that have kind of converged their operations teams from the from the from the uh, kind of the IP side and the, and the mobile side, where you've kind of taken the security teams out of the IP space there and put them into the, you know, or bridged them into the into the mobile space. And what these teams are telling me is that there are issues out there that they deal with, uh, you know, and they have, they have enough you know, insight to, to what's going on. That there, there there are issues uh, from an outage perspective. But again, you know, a lot of times you'll see outage, you won't you won't see you know security issue. So uh, I guess uh, another thing that might be a factor here is the accessibility of equipment that you'd need to actually probe uh, mobile infrastructure for weaknesses. That stuff used to be expensive, not so much anymore. Yeah, no, you know, uh, that's a great thing to touch on, right? So, you know, I feel, I feel bad. We've got such a short time here. There's so much to talk about. You know, the barrier to entry, right? 2008, you needed a million bucks worth of you know gear sitting at the cell tower. You know, you know, be equipment. You needed an SGSN cabinetry with you know, a million bucks. You know, plus you know the regular rest of the packet core. The capital expenditure to kind of play and mess around in the space was ridiculous, right? You know, you needed you know you needed you know lots of capital to to go out and hack and experiment and play in this stuff. But I guess it's really been the last three four years with the advent of software programmable radios. And uh, uh, you know, kind of femtocell, picocell technologies, as well as 
some of the stuff that the guys in uh, you, know, you, know, you know sort of the European hacker community have done around uh, open source GSM stacks on 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 those devices as well as handsets that have really kind of revolutionized the access to hacking in, in the space, right? You, you know, you, you take a step back and you think about before you had uh, 20 years, 20 plus years of TCP/IP kind of you know, research and R&D and, 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 and you know, kind of hackers playing with. I mean, you know, you can buy Stevens and look at every single line of, you know, the, the, the 4.3 TCP/IP stack and understand exactly what it does, right? There's no such book for GSM, right? There's no... You know, you know, you've got about, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'd, I'd be willing to bet there are more GSM endpoints in the world than there are, are IP endpoints in the world, right? And, and uh, but from a security perspective, there's been almost no, no hacking, no, no, uh, no kind of threat, uh, you know, vulnerability research, no, you know, kind of systems research around security in the GSM world versus, you know, 20 plus years, uh, you know, of, of TCP research. I mean, do you think, uh, given the popularity of uh, mobile networks, I mean, they really do use mobile networks for the last mile in, in developing nations. Do you yeah. think that's where we could see some of the interesting techniques emerge? Because that's always been my feeling. I think you can. I think um, there's a lot of places in the world that are that are messing around with mobile payment systems, right? So you've got not just last mile, but I think wherever you see money, you know, on, on, on the line is where you're going to see, you know, where you're going to clearly see, you know, um, hacker, and I shouldn't use the word hacker, but, you know, Bad guy, uh, bad guy interest, right? So certainly, you know, certainly Africa is a, is a place where you, where you can see this. You know, you, they're, they're, they're sort of one of the places where mobile payments and, and things like that have, have been pushed furthest, I think. But but I think every place is looking at, at this. I mean, whether it's Asia-Pac countries and those places in even North America that are looking at this, right? So I think there's a you'll, – you'll see a lot more, I think, a lot more of this uh, you know, around the whole transaction now, I guess, I guess where uh, you're focusing, though, is more on the outage side. I mean, is this, some, is this a space that Arba's getting into in terms of offering, uh, you know, outage prevention for GSM networks? Yeah, so I think, you know, there's, uh, you know, again, Patrick, I feel bad because it's kind of some, like, you know, a couple hours worth of stuff to talk about here. Arbor, you know, but being a carrier, you know, uh, you know, like, you know you know, I'm going to get in trouble with marketing, but you know, we 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 certainly you know serve the enterprise market as well. But but you know, I think you know a lot of our a lot of our success has been you know been around the you know DDoS and and, and carrier visibility and carrier protection, right? So I think where where my head's been you know lately has been around you know again mobile mobile infrastructure protection, you know, kind of as an, as an extension of what we do on the fixed line side, definitely. And I think that you know to us it's it it's uh. It goes back to that same thing: visibility, security, visibility, you know, bringing the same kind of things we've done in the in the, uh, the fixed line side to the, to the mobile packet core and the and the and the sort of LTE build out, right? So so to, to us, it's when you take the massive amount of state that's held in, in a in a uh, in a mobile mobile carrier's network to to keep track of every single bit, you know, versus a you know versus a you know fixed line network where you where it's all based on IP and you you know the, the router looks at the header. Looks up the fib, passes it out the next you know next port, and forgets about the packet. Versus the you know the connection-based side, where every single dang bit is accounted for for billing, right? You have this massive amount of state in the you know sort of the infrastructure. It's a classic recipe for DDoS, yeah. right? So I mean, yeah. it's what we do best, and it's it's you know you've got this multiple places where there's a tremendous amount of state. People either can accidentally or not accidentally, you know, overload that state and take out take out significant, uh, if not the entire, you know, mobile, mobile mobile access network. So, so I think that that's the place that we've been having a lot of fun uh, talking to folks and building building stuff. So, so uh, nothing to share, you know, on, on the on the public side at this point, but but uh, we're having having a lot of fun uh, in the R and D land uh, here. 
Now, there's also the issue of the of the physical vastness of these telco networks, right? You know, you think remote connectivity for 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 you know for enterprise or business, right? You've got what, what used to be fairly, you know, remote workers are fairly close to their access edge, right? So, I mean, fit, you know, physically, you know, whether it was you know, plugging your, your your laptop into an Ethernet jack or, or, or a phone line, or even just you know Wi-Fi being you know a couple a couple a dozen meters away, right? To to what's happening, you know, in the in the three and four G access side, where you're kilometers away from your access, and there's a lot of other people you cannot see or know who are there um, that that are also uh, you know can watch your signals back and forth, right? So I think just that that's a that's kind of interesting, interesting surface that um, that uh, you know I think is, is quite ripe as well. Like, what about mobile malware? Do you think, I mean, because we hear a lot about it, we've seen some mobile malware in China actually earning a fair bit of cash doing premium SMS yep. scams. Uh, yep. So there are people out there making money out of it already. Oh, yeah. Not something we've experienced a great deal of in the Western world yet. Do you think that's going to change or do you think the mobile malware thing is largely hype? No, I don't think it's hype at all, actually. So it's not where I spend a lot of time. You know, we, we played a little bit with, uh, with, with building, building a little bit in the lab. Um, but it's not a hype. There, there's definitely mobile malware out there. It's, uh, it's definitely going to be going to be a problem. And what do you? Where do you see it going mostly? Uh, do you think toll fraud and uh, premium SMS fraud, or do you think it could go to the the DDoS route? Or I mean, where where? How do you think it'll be used? I think you're going to see it as you'd use any other piece of malware, right? I mean, you you know whether it's your you know tablet, smartphone, or 3G dongle, right? I mean, you know, you know, there's a lot of processing power in a tablet. There's a lot of processing power in a, in a smartphone. LTE gives you as much or more bandwidth, you know, to the network as as, as a fixed line access point. You know, why, why not use it as a DDoS bot, right? Uh, at that point. So, do you think these uh, do you think these telcos actually understand that this is a threat? Is it something that they're worried about? Because I've never yeah. really got that impression that they fully grasp this. Like, like I said, Patrick, it depends on which one you talk to and who you talk to. There, absolutely, yeah. there are definitely some very clued on um, teams out there that are absolutely terrified about this. And where are they mostly? Oh. I mean, are they mostly are they mostly at the build, big telcos in the U.S. and places like that? Uh, no, actually, it's funny because you know I'm, I'm in you know I'm not in North America right now, right? Uh, you know, there there's definitely more of an awareness in in, in Asia Pac uh, than and, and uh, than anywhere else, I'd say. And and Europe is sort of second, and, and I'd say the Americas are well, I wouldn't say the all the Americas, but North America is, is sort of the laggard in this space. But but again, there's 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 including people everywhere. But I'd say the you know, Asia Pac is probably the, the, the highest highest concentration. So I guess in summary, Rob, what you're really saying here is that, you know, there are security issues that are inevitable with this stuff that just haven't really been, uh, there hasn't really been much done with them yet, but you really do think this will be a burgeoning area of research in the near term? I, I, I think it absolutely is. It def- definitely going to be a, gonna, gonna be an issue, right? It, it, uh, um, it's a bit self-serving from an art perspective because that's what you know. That's sort of our, our interest. But I think it's unfortunately, I think it is. It is truth as well. I would say the other piece too. I mean, is, is you know, it, it didn't didn't really touch on it. But you know, the the, the second threat service is the just the giant pile of equipment between your access edge and the and the IP you know edge of the network, right? So you've got lots of other bits of, of equipment in the mobile packet core, LTE, you know, sort of network that do stuff that's critical for the functioning of the of you know mobility services and the, and the, and the actual you know you know sort of these tunnels getting stuff from from the handset out to an IP you know network and those are also you know again built from a perspective of not thought about as an open access network or or compromised access network and are also very vulnerable to to attack as well so there's a bunch of 
there's a bunch of stuff there to break. So you think there's a bunch of trust assumptions basically in the networks themselves that could bring them unstuck a little bit? Correct. All right, Rob Milan, thank you very much uh, for joining us on the program to have a bit of a chat about your thoughts on mobile security. We'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens and we can all hope you're wrong. Uh, I hope I'm wrong too. Thanks a lot, Patrick. It's always good talking to you, man.